Search is, search is incredibly important. What we find is that though a large number of people do not typically begin in search when they're going on a website, search still represents 45% of conversions when you're on a site. That is where uh, Bloomreach has been vastly different is that we are, we, we've been doing this for over a decade and the billions of uh, elements of product data that we've been using to train our algorithms is second only to Amazon. I, as a consumer, would define a great personalized experience as the brand using all of the data they have about me to make my experience with them better. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about unifying customer and product data to provide valuable personalized experiences. This is a great episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband, availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. As you continue to grow your e-commerce business, access to growth capital would increasingly play a significant role in achieving and surpassing your financial and social goals. Why should you give up equity or pay high interest rates to grow your business? There is a new way to access growth capital that transforms e-commerce businesses. Wayflyer has shaken the way e-commerce operators access working capital. With a dedication to only D2C e-commerce businesses, Wayflyer will fund you on a fairer fund-as-you-grow model, meaning if your sales slow down, so does the amount you transfer back. There's just a simple fee and the funds you need to grow are deposited to your account instantly. It's worth checking out on wayflyer.com. That's W-A-Y-F-L-Y-E-R. Welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell. The 2X e-commerce podcast is dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and e-commerce teams. Each week on this podcast, we interview a commerce expert, a founder of a digital native consumer brand or representative from a best-in-class commerce SaaS product. We give them a very tight remit to give you ideas you can test right away on your brand so you can improve commerce growth metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your gross merchant value or sales. We are here to help you sell more sustainably. Today's episode, I interviewed 
Amanda Ellum, who serves as the Chief Marketing Officer at Bloomrich. Now, if you don't know what Bloomrich is, it's a cloud commerce experience platform that empowers and delivers personalized you know, customer experiences. Now, what is all that about? Well, um, there were initially a search and merchandising, you know, AI-driven search and merchandising discovery solution. And then they went ahead and bought another company, Exponia, if I, I'm not mistaken. We covered this over the 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 um the 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 interview that's more CDP and marketing automation um, platform and essentially what um, you know Bloomrich do is they they're connecting that product discovery element with what you know about your customers through that CDP um, you know CDP side of things a marketing automation solution bit of things which really delivers a personalized customer experience and and that is what the jargon is all about so on today's episode we we go through you know what bloomrich is is all about they serve about 850 global brands including albertsons bosch puma Bayern munich and marks and spencers um just going back to amanda she's a passionate marketing expert marketing professional with over 15 years of experience in helping SaaS companies build impactful brands, communicating differentiated value and growing high-performing marketing teams. She previously served as the company's senior vice president of global marketing, having joined in January 2021 through the acquisition of Exponia. And prior to joining Exponia, she had served as vice president demand generation at BlueShift, a customer data platform. And before that, she served as vice president of marketing um, of Marketing Americas and global programs at Bassware, a financial software company. So she she knew her stuff, or she knows her stuff rather. And we essentially dis- we we essentially um, you know conversed around CDP, um, Martech, um, marketing automation, um, what you should listen out for to take action, um, and you know how to essentially thrive i know thriving is a very very rare word now you know in 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 today's world but but what best in class um you know clients of theirs in 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 the commerce space are actually you know um deploying to 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 find you know um success so she she gives a lot of tips on there um and you know i learned a thing or two you know about personalization um not just from a bloomage perspective but generally you know how to really um think about a a personalized experience particularly when you're scaling up you know if you're starting to process um you know 50 100,000 orders a month, um, you know, you need to start to really personalize many experiences. You don't want it to be box standard. You still want to have that touch, you know, have that white glove touch. And, and that's what this episode is all about. So enjoy the, the episode, enjoy the conversation. It was, you know, very engaging and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'll, I'll, I will catch you on the other side and, you know, thank you. Yes. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubby's. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. 
Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Amanda, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the 2x e-commerce podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, I probably haven't done you sufficient justice with the introduction. Um, your CMO at Bloomrich. Um, Bloomrich is a CDP and engagement platform um, that really focuses on single customer view. But before we jump into Bloomrich, I really want to get your background, Amanda. Um, do you want to just shed light to to what um, life or your career was, you know, prior to Bloomrich and how you know you you, you made it to to um, as CMO of um, this quite um, you know um, impressive company? Sure. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm CMO at Bloomreach. I came through an acquisition. Uh, Bloomreach acquired Exponia, which was the uh, CDP and marketing automation company that we now call Bloomreach Engagement. And uh, that I started with Exponia in February of 2020, just before the pandemic hit, and got to experience working for a European company through the transition of the pandemic and all of the changes that happened there, and then uh, the eventual acquisition by Bloomreach. Prior to Exponia, I've been in performance marketing and digital marketing and product marketing, all in B2B SaaS um, for a little over 15 years. So my responsibilities in generating pipeline and creating demand and particularly the the U.S. markets um, is is what parlayed into becoming the CMO at Exponia and eventually Bloomreach. Interesting, interesting. So you were CMO um, just at the start of the pandemic back in 2020, February 2020. <laughs> great That's timing. Right. Talk about great timing. Um, yes. So what exactly did Exponia do? Um, what, and why was it a target for Bloomrich? So Exponia uh, was the technology that was the customer data platform and marketing automation all in one. Uh, we branded mm. it as a customer data experience platform. And Raj, who was the CEO of Bloomreach, has this storied and long vision of helping e-commerce companies actually engage in highly personalized way in digital formats. So Bloomreach had started as an SEO company and really helping um, brands understand how to optimize for organic search, moved into on-site search because that's really how, as e-commerce started becoming more and more of a darling, like how do you actually help customers find products on your own website? And then um, Raj was really thinking about how do you how do you actually engage and inspire and merchandise and provide content online in a way that is actually very engaging so that it feels like a store or an association of a brand experience, even though it is digital. And he, he took that vision further to say it can't just be the on-site experience. It really should be the collection of all of the channels that they engage with, with a brand. Um, and in order to do that, you really need the, the single view of the customer, as you mentioned, to start. And then the activation of all the channels in one, in one place. Because brands have been talking about right data, right story, right time for a very long time. And it's never been, never been a reality. So Raj really wanted to make it possible. So what was what was in more or less in in, in Bloomrich's um ship if I was going to use that um you know terminology what did Bloomrich have and and what did Exponia sort of um you know augment or complement to to Bloomrich at the time of the acquisition 
So when when we were acquired, when Exponia was acquired, Bloomreach had a product discovery or an on-site search engine okay. that actually, okay. as you begin to to type into a search bar, bar, obviously the value of Google is the tremendous amount of data crunching that they're able to do to actually help you find the page that you're that you're looking for. That's really really difficult for brands to do on their own website. Brands and retailers should do on their own website and search historically, particularly for brands and retailers on site, either they hire really big development teams or they have a poor experience for uh, for their consumers. It really isn't an in-between because the expectations of search results have been established by Google. So you either meet those expectations or you completely fail them. And so Raj, uh, Raj and team, we have an amazing team of engineers. We're like, we're going to, we're going to make on-site search possible for every company in the world in a in a way that's engaging for their consumers. The other thing that they had was how you display content. So merchandising and how products appear, review information, images, um, what the product search listings page looks like when you've searched for something and stuff shows up. That uh, really, to not, to not to use the brand name Amazon, but Amazon kind of said, here is what that experience should look like and what rec- product recommendations should look like and what the consumer should um, expect from and uh, from a company that they're trying to buy from online. And so he added that functionality and had, had a CMS offering headless CMS that would work with any commerce platform that would create really engaging and inspirational experiences from a content perspective. So you've got the search plus the content. And what he wanted to add was this, this um, customer data component on top of the product data that we already had as a result of the search offering. And then the ability to take the combination of that customer and product data and activated across all channels. So your own website, your emails, your social media, your text messaging, um, every every area, your chat, your internal, um, you know, telephone support, every area in which you're engaging with the customer, even in store. There we have we have offline um, execution as well. All of those things together in one place, so that brands really truly can engage with their customers on an individual basis. Mm, makes sense now. Makes sense. I get it. I get it. Um, I, I I fully you know get the message now. So, um, you know, Bloomrich was was more um a let's say product discovery, um you know solution and platform um with a layer of personalization and 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 then you wanted to take it or Raj wanted to Raj and the team wanted to take it a step further by by having access to customer data and then making customer data, make, making that experience even more personalized and having the ability for the brand to react to customers' actions in almost any channel, you know, relevant to the customer. So be it SMS, email, um, you know, social, what have you, there's that messaging element that would react um, to customers. So let's say I search, you know, through a, a merchant site for a particular, you know, um, you know, um, say good or, or product. And, and then, you know, I, I, I add the item to cart and then I decide, okay, I'm going to abandon it. You've got that context of what I searched for. So the recommendations in the cart recovery will be very relevant to my history as well as, you know, the, the actual product page I've been on. And, and so it's, it's, it's just a lot more holistic as a solution, you know, and, um, just consolidated, I would think. Yeah, exactly right. And and a lot of that is 
theoretically possible with integrations and with combining a tech stack. And I, I, I'm a, having been a performance marketer, very data driven. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty tech savvy. Um, and there's a lot of integrations available where you can put your cobble, your tech stack together. But um, the experience that you just talked about being able to do that in real time within milliseconds of the behavioral attribute. And let's say five minutes later, so that you've enrolled this person. And as you just said, this win back campaign where, because they added something to their cart and then they didn't buy it. A lot of uh, technologies can help you do that today, but say that you do go back five minutes later and you buy it. How do you actually get your segments for retargeting to update? Well, you probably don't in real time. It's pro- there's a delay. So now I've gone back, I've converted on the purchase. You have an opportunity to engage with me in a different, maybe more meaningful way, maybe with some product videos about how to use the thing that I just bought instead of putting me into a win back campaign um, and, and editing those segments and those triggers and making sure that the behavioral context of that individual is fully taken into account within milliseconds of whatever that behavioral changes is not possible in most technologies today because you don't see the customer and product data coupled with the activation channels and that is that is the difference that Bloomreach brings. Interesting, interesting. How is integration going? Uh, I know it was acquired, um, you know, sometime in twenty twenty one, I believe. That's right. And January twenty one. Yeah, they. So in M and A, obviously, integration can be be a pain. What was the size, team size, and exponent? And you know, what was Bloomreach? How big? How did how did team how did team grow? Um, with in the new mothership yeah the so when when uh, explaining was acquired we were about 220 people and blimreach was about 250 so similarly sized organization from a people footprint uh we're now about a thousand people so 18 months later we've we've doubled in size so pretty much everybody feels new <laughs> because you're either part of an acquisition part of the acquiring company and learning a whole new way or a brand new person joining the collective um I, I've told this story before, so I, I, I guess I shouldn't be embarrassed to tell it more publicly. But when the acquisition of Exponia happened and I was the CMO, um, there was not an opportunity to be CMO at Bloomreach. And uh, I maybe walked into the opportunity a little bitterly. And Raj, our, our CEO, um, made commitments not just to me to personally mentor me and say, hey, we've got, we've got some sharp edges that <laughs> we need to work on with you. Um, but also with our broader, with our broader teams, he made commitments to our Slovakian team, uh, which were actually super important to, to the decision to move forward with Bloomreach as the acquiring company, and as well as um, several other leaders in, in the organization. And over time, Raj and Dave and the executive team at Bloomreach more than delivered on those promises. And as a result, um, we all now bleed Bloomreach and are, are very happy to be part of this organization. And um, the, the customer data engine is a reality that connects the products across search and merchandising and content and then our marketing automation platforms. So for, uh, technologically and culturally, we are integrated. Super, super interesting. Okay, so let's jump into CDPs and the need for, for CDPs um, and when, um, like timing. Um, so with Bloomrich's current offer, even just putting CDPs aside, with, with Bloomrich's current offer, um, from the use case you just um, described, is there a lot of sort of setup? So, so say, say I'm a, a merchant, you know, looking to, um, you know, um, on board on, on Bloomrich now in, in its current form, 
um how long uh, you know how long does the setup of you know segments triggered you know messages um actually take because there's so many permutations and combinations um for 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 customers you know especially if like the product piece is we're talking thousands and thousands of SKUs. Um, I know they're all, you know, it could be simplified from a category perspective, but I just can't fathom the or fathom the um the complexity, the setup complexity. What does the what does the setup look like um for, for a typical Bloomreach customer? And who is a, a Bloomreach customer? Yeah, so um so first I'll answer the who who is a Bloomreach customer. In, in simple terms, it's really anybody who wants to engage with a customer online for that engagement mm-hmm. to ultimately result in revenue. So it sounds, it sounds like a very big audience. The ones that we, that we do really well with are more sophisticated marketers with smaller teams. So they're, they're typically the marketers with big ideas, big vision, uh, but not a lot of hands to execute. Typically, they're um, teams that understand data incredibly well, but don't have a lot of data analytics people in the company uh, because they're high growth, uh, high growth brands. Usually Um, in the, in the search and merchandising side, the customers do end up having really large product catalogs. So when you get to the point where a human being, there's the product data is to the point where a human can't actually merchandise and can't actually use their, um, their, their knowledge and insights in order to create those web experiences with the product set that they have. They need the help of AI because they're, they're just cannot a human being cannot crunch the amount of data that's needed in order to make the the merchandising recommendations on the customer side. So um, that that's another category of customer that we we have a lot of problem uh, use cases for. Um, mm-hmm. On the on the implementation, the the great thing about where we are with technology is that a lot of companies like uh, like Shopify and Big Commerce and Magento they've created kind of a baseline of what commerce data to a certain extent looks like. So when we connect with a with a Shopify platform, for example, it takes us a couple hours to ingest data and be able to give you insights. Uh, that is the other thing that's unique is that we offer the insights and analytics, so we actually can help you build your segments and we can make recommendations on your um, your. Uh, highly likely to churn customers or you're, you know, th- these are, this is the segment of one-time buyers. And yep. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen their brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. 
Get started today with subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. So do you have predefined segments, you know, based off on, you know, behavioral data and, you know, um, you know, um, yeah, based based off on behavioral data, and I know some platforms already, you know, seem to to have their pre predefined sort of segment. Or um, do you leave it to the marketers and just make the suggestions to just nudge those those um those segments to to um to marketers? We do. We have a because we focus in commerce. We have a set of best in class segments, or at least I, I actually was just with a customer a couple of weeks ago in Germany. And her insight was it was it was really fascinating to see how many customers we'd had come and buy once. And we were over-reliant on acquisition. And we really weren't focused enough on continuing to build the life cycle of the customers who'd purchased once. How do we actually encourage them to come back mm-hmm. and buy more? And she was able to see that insight within within the very, very short period of time of implementing our platform and use that data to go back to her CEO and her team to say, we've got to focus on on life cycle. We've got to focus on engaging these customers more. So we do have a set of, um, of segments that kind of come with our platform that we recommend as a good starting place. But then we have other customers who, uh, for example, we have a sporting goods company and they want to understand road bikers versus mountain bikers. So that's obviously going to be a segment that's mm-hmm. very custom to them. And we help, uh, we help them engineer those as well. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So we, so from a, Revenue and maturity standpoint, um, how many orders should a merchant be processing per month for Bloomridge to make sense to the merchant? So it's it's not not as much about the orders as it is about the sophistication of 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 what so the team of, of the team and really what you're trying to do with your with your customers. So at some point, you if you if you mm. started on Shopify, you probably added things like Clavio and Attentive and some of those things that just come right. inside of the Shopify marketplace. But at some point you're going to say, I need more advanced segmentation. I need more scale. I need, I need data to be able to be processed faster because the, they're what they do an incredible job of is getting you up and running and getting you started. And then you're going to say, all right, I need, I'm, I'm, I'm more advanced as a company. I need a more advanced solution. And that's when, when we start to become a really good fit. 
all the way up to um, the really big companies like uh, Boohoo and Pandora are some of our larger customers in, in Europe. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, by the way, Clavio is a sponsor, hence, hence of, of this um, podcast, but I, I do get what you mean. Um, it's it, you, at some point you may want to consolidate all of, uh, all of that rather than having an ESP on the one hand, um, and then having, uh, an SMS, um, you know, or SMS marketing platform on the other, um, you know, um, or, you know, um, a messaging app or, um, or a, a notification, you know, app. Um, yeah, you you want to consolidate it with a with a platform like like Bloomreach. Yeah, and I think I, for what it's worth, I think Clavio is an awesome brand, uh, and they I have many friends who are who are users of Clavio and love Clavio. So I think they are fantastic, and they have a very clear ICP that they're going after that is that is a smaller target than what than what Bloomreach usually goes after. So and what Bloomreach is fascinating, fascinating. And then do you have any insights from a search perspective? Because um, product discovery is is pretty, pretty, pretty huge. Uh, a lot of, um, you know, sophisticated marketers um, really want to get um, their, um, their, their shoppers or customers um, as quickly as possible to what they're looking for. Do you have any insights, given the fact that Bloomrich is sort of, um, you know, basis was was product discovery was was on recommendations on search. Um, how what, what insights do you have in in search and product search? Because some, some merchants, you know, might be using third party, um, you know, um, you know, product product search, which which is fine. But, but how important is search in in experience? Um, search is search is incredibly important. What we find is that though a large number of people do not typically begin in search when they're going on a website, search still represents 45% of conversions when you're on a site. So from as far as a revenue generating channel, if you want to consider it a channel, search is hugely important. So as you mentioned, if somebody goes to a website, they, they want to find, especially an e-commerce site, they want to find the product that they're looking for and buy it, particularly if they're engaging with the search engine, because they already have an idea of what it is that they're looking for. And we know that People search for things very differently um, and the words that they use, the context that they use them in. And a lot of search engines, particularly the ones that come with commerce platforms, are built for fairly simple search patterns. Um, but they don't, their, their primary product is not search. So they're not trying to, they're not investing in a lot of AI. They're not investing in a lot of prompts or um, additional features that really help you uh, leverage search. And additionally, they're not really... Um, helping train a search engine specifically for your brand. They, they may have some advancements in their search engine related to, to broad AI algorithms, but they're really not working to train to like a William Sonoma or a Gap or, or in the difference that you would see between cookware and clothing. And um, that mm -hmm. is where uh, Bloomreach has been vastly different is that we are, we, we've been doing this for over a decade and the billions of uh, elements of product data that we've been using to train our algorithms is second only to Amazon. So we've processed more search data than anybody else in the world. And we're using that to help other brands do a better job delivering search results on their websites. And what, what we then add on top of that is, how do we make this search experience better for your brand? So if someone's searching for... Um, silver 
bowl on a on William Sonoma versus silver bowl earrings on Gap that the search engine takes that into context and is able to deliver really great results understanding the customer because we've seen crazy search patterns over time and then we do things like automatically adding terms to your to your um, search engine like we saw covid we saw masks we saw all of these different kinds of things. And if, had you gone to an Ulta Beauty and searched for a mask pre-COVID, that's a very different result from the search for mask uh, post-COVID. So though, those learnings and the ability to update and un- understand the context of the human behavior that's searching and the context of the product catalog data and deliver results that take both things into context, that is, uh, that's the difference of Bloomreach product discovery. Interesting. Um, by the way, is, is Alter BT a, a, a customer of Bloomridge? Um, or clients of Bloomridge? They are not. I should have said um, Benefit Cosmetics because they are a customer. <laughs> no, I'm no, a no. customer it's, it's, it's of Alter. <laughs> yeah, okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Which is fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you spoke to search, makes a ton of sense, um, particularly with like query rewriting and recommendations of. Um, just, um, you know, suggestions. So, you know, query suggestions and extensions and, and all of that stuff. Um, what about personalization? Like what is an optimal personalized web experience, particularly when people are, you know, um, cross, um, device that they're, they're browsing cross device. So they, they might start a journey on a mobile phone and, and then, um, end it, and desktop that's becoming less and less so most people are starting and ending their their um their journeys on 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 mobile devices now but but how 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 would you define a a, a great um you know personalized experience so i i as a consumer would define a great personalized experience as um the brand using all of the data they have about me to make my experience with them better so for, for me as a consumer, that would mean don't send me ads for some, I actually had this, had this exact thing happen to me. I love fossil. I bought a watch on fossils website. Um, I started getting retargeting ads for, uh, the fossil watch a few days later after I'd already purchased it for $50 less than I bought it for. That's, a, and I was super it's excited not, about my watch. Nice. So, and then I got really not excited about it because Five days later, I could have gotten it for $50 less. So that's an experience that that's a brand that I love that I made a purchase from that actually kind of made me like, at least not love a digital experience with them because I felt like I didn't end up getting a good deal. Whereas had Mm. I purchased that watch and a few days later, they were, they sent me a bunch of images with a woman wearing that watch with a bag um, that was like, Hey, this watch and this bag look great together. Um, Or here's an offer to give your friends to help them buy this watch for $50 off and you can take the credit for it or something like that. Some something in which they're using clearly the transactional data, the product data, the information they have about me to engage with me in a different way to make recommendations and to help me just enjoy shopping with them more. Um, that is what a great personalized experience is. And if, if you think about like if you and I were meeting um, for the first time, which I guess we kind of are, but if you and I are meeting for the first time and you tell me about your podcast and your events. And I, I learn all about the, uh, who you are and how you influence. And then I completely forget the next time we meet 
and it's almost like we're starting over again. That would feel like very disingenuous. Similarly, if I'm meeting you for the first time and I know everything about you and I'm throwing that all, throwing that all in your face, you'd be like, this lady is creepy. (laughs) So I don't want to engage with Mm -hmm. her anymore. So just because brands are digital doesn't mean that how they engage in relationships should be different. You know, there's, there's a fine balance to strike really without going over personalizing at the same time, um, without just not caring, just generalizing really, um, with your fossil, you know, experience, um, yeah, that, that's, that's a bit of a downer to, to be honest. Um, which takes me to like all many channel experiences. So, um, th- there is a massive trend now, um, with, with cost acquisition costs really going, um, you know, up a lot of, um, a, a, a lot of, you know, commerce brands or digital native commerce, commerce brands are embracing, um, you know, um, just retail bricks and mortar. Um, from you, you did mention that Bloomrich has um, an omni-channel offering. I just want to know how far this goes, how you collect data. Um, is this in-store data? Is this um, data with partners, with, with distribution partners, you know, with retail partners, or is this in-store data where, where it's D2C in-store? Yeah, this is this is consumer-provided data. So we believe very strongly in zero-party data. We, we believe that brands should be very open and honest about the data that they're collecting, why, and how they're going to use it. And we actually think that consumers, for the most part, and they, they continue to show that if the, if the company is going to take care of their data, they're going to keep it secure, and they're going to use it to improve the relationship with the consumer, that broadly the consumer's okay with their data being used. But the, but the bar is very high to do that. So to say um, we, we have a customer who uh, sells baby products, and they initiated a campaign where they said, hey, we'd like to understand where you're at in your parenthood journey. And so basically, when are you due? And information about your children in particular is always very, very sensitive. I think we've seen that example enough times from Disney being in the news. Um, But what they were able to do is say, if you provide us the information related to your child, if you want to provide sex, name, due date, any of those things, we'll actually use that data to send you tips and information about where you are in the journey and, and various things that can help you in in the, the, the stage of pregnancy that you're in. And they had a fantastic response to that campaign and they used the data responsibly. They actually provided value. They weren't just pushing products, but they were providing education and, and, um, other elements. So there is this, um, belief in the exchange of data, but that it is owned by the customer at the end of the day, like they are, I own the data about me. And so if a brand can incentivize me to share that data and then use it in a way to, again, create a better and more engaging experience with me and that brand, um, we're, all, we're all about designing experiences that way. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And um, yeah, so how should brands, you know, um, you know so brands working with, like, with retail partners, um, you know, you you cannot get data from, you know, retail partners. They probably just give you reports. They typically give you reports. How do you bridge that gap? You know, if, if you're, you know, um, distributing through Target or Boots or what have you, um, how do you bridge, bridge the gap um, as, as a marketer? How do you get, you know, more customer data from, you know, from, 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 from like distributors or, you know, retail partners? Yeah. And that, I mean, that, that is always going to be tricky because a lot of times the, the brand in the customer's mind is the retailer that they're, that they're buying from. And so a lot of times that is product data mm-hmm. and aggregate. So you, as the product provider, there probably are things that we can help you 
that we can help you identify like trends and um, associated products or recommended products that are purchased alongside and things like that. But yeah, when the relationship with the mm-hmm. consumer is with a retail brand and not with your brand directly, it does make the collection of that data a lot more difficult, which is why we have seen direct-to-consumer take a huge step forward, particularly in COVID, where brands were saying, I don't necessarily need to go through the retailer in store anymore. I actually want to go directly to the consumer. And it's becoming more possible for me to do that because the digital landscape is becoming more and more a level playing field. Um, And we, we are seeing, as you mentioned, customer acquisition costs increasing. I think that is primarily because these brands uh, are all trying to reach very similar consumers. Um, And again, I think that's where really understanding and knowing who your customer is at an individual level gives you a unique advantage over over everybody else trying to grab the attention of your customer. Yeah, DTC is is certainly the way. And um, I think it's really important for for marketing leaders to, um, to, to, and product leaders to see how they could, you know, re-loop um, from product experience, you know, that direct um, relationship, even if through packaging and, and through comms um, to, 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 to get in and encouraging customers to, to buy directly from, from them um, or even utilizing third-party data to, um, to, to let them know they exist. On a um, on a final note, um, in, in this um, conversation, um, so to I'd like you to please give advice to up and coming, um, you know, CMOs of consumer brands, particularly digital native consumer brands, um, as we face the the headwinds um, at the moment. Um, there's there's a lot of um, you know, inflation, the consumer price index um, is is constantly rising. I think it's it's cooling off in in, in the states at the minute. Um, how do we um, continue to you know deliver um, expected results and and also make our customers happy? You know, and, and optimize CX um, despite the constraints um, that are you know coming you know up against us. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I the, the CMO of Loop and Tie said this um, some time ago in an event that I was at, and it's stuck in my head. Uh, they said mark, marketing is a is a verb. It's the only C suite that is a is a verb. It's an action. Um, and and what I've really been balancing is that that essentially marketing is the problem. The fact that we're we're taking the business strategy, which is growth. And saying, I'm going to achieve growth at all costs because I'm really good at marketing. I really understand data in the aggregate. I understand how to move something from a 2% conversion rate to a 2.4% conversion rate and deliver a lift in, in revenue. And what we do is we, when we are looking at things in aggregate, and I do this all the time because I also love data and love technology, um, but we lose sight of the individual. We lose sight of the human being that we're engaging with on the other side. And so the more that we require ourselves to disconnect from the strategy being handed to us and becoming part of that conversation and saying like, yes, I understand that we want to grow, but how do we grow our relationships? How do we grow engagement with our customers? How do we grow brand advocacy? How do we grow community? How do we, how do we grow and influence um, sustainably uh, using sustainable materials in the, in the development of our products? How do we, how do we grow a positive future for um, our employees and our our coworkers and our children and, you know, so it's it's expecting more of ourselves and expecting to have a bigger voice in the strategy and the direction of the company and what we stand for. And then taking that strategy and saying, now, how do I engage at an individual level and not get caught up 
in moving things in aggregate, but really, 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 how do I build a program that wins at an individual level for a majority of our customers? Interesting, which circles back to the single customer view, um, you know, premise, which is really, you know, being human, you know, one to one again. I wonder if we could go on and on and on. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, for, for those of, um, for those people who want to communicate with you, are you active on, on LinkedIn? Um, can they connect with you on there? Yeah, absolutely. They can. Um, you don't even have to put my email address in. You can just connect with me. And then obviously you can also email me at amanda.elam at bloomreach.com. A pleasure to have you. And for people who want to find out more about Bloomreach, it's B-L-O-O-M. R-E-A-C-H, bloomreach.com. I want to thank you for shedding some more light on the single customer view and um, on Bloomreach. It was quite, quite, quite interesting, the conversation. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind just search for 2x e-commerce on facebook to find it answer three questions and you'll be approved grab the show notes of this episode on our website 2xecommerce.com finally if you haven't already give the show a review on your podcasting app catch you on the next show and keep growing